Welcome to episode number 15 of Uncovered Sports Radio. I'm Cleet Miller with my brother Johnny Miller. And this is the final week of the college football season in regards to every team being able to play that's bowl eligible. We obviously have the national championship coming up. So some headliners, we got the New Year's Six Bowls coming up. And then we obviously have the Final Four with the headliners being Alabama versus Clemson and Georgia versus Oklahoma. And then you have the USC-Ohio State game that's going to take the front seat for all the New Year's Six games and bowl games. That's this Friday. And then we also are going to talk a little bit about James Harrison being signed to the Pats. Good day here on Uncovered Sports Radio. Here we after the song. That was uh, a no, great song. Great song. Uh, obviously, Christmas is over, but uh, I think that song... Well-deserved. They should probably start playing that for all the holidays. Anyways, <laughs> don't, don't you think? I agree. All right. So, James Harrison was cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a longtime Steelers, uh, Steelers player, but he's 39 years old, and he's only been playing... I think I read he only played like 40 snaps this year. He's only played in like six or seven games. He's been productive late in games still, but the, the Steelers cut him. And the Patriots, their rival as of late, you know, they're likely going to end up playing in the AFC Championship. Hopefully. The, the Pats, they pick him up. So I look at this trade and you think automatically the Pats aren't getting him because they, they need another defensive end. I mean, he's, he's old. He's 39 years old. They're getting him because they're, they're trying to learn the Steelers' defense, right? Yeah, I think this is the ultimate package deal for the Patriots. Uh, they need somebody with playoff experience. Their edge rushers have not been as great as they have been in the past couple of playoff runs. And to them, they're going to get an experienced guy who can help the defense in practices with playoff preparation. And then if they need him late in the game on a third down, like he's going to play. The Patriots have a plan for this guy to play. You think so? 100%. Well, I think, and I think it was a package deal because, and he's going to get some intel on the Steelers' defense. Now, I don't think it's going to play that big of a role because Bill Belichick has a system and he sticks to it. But do not get me wrong, like he's going to provide intel. But it was the ultimate package deal for them. So I think he's going to provide intel too, but I think he's a double agent here in this scenario. Mm-hmm. He's going to be reporting back to Mike Tomlin on no. the Patriots. Oh yeah, no, yeah. They cut him, bro. He's mad, and then all his uh, all of his players on the Steelers are yanking at him, telling him he's a. They're just ba- basically calling him out, saying we don't need him, we don't want him. Hey, and in man, all reality, they it's do a cover not, up. They don't need him. It's a cover up, dude. dude. I, I think he's a double agent right here. He's he's a uh, him and Tomlin are tight. You're ridiculous. <laughs> You're ridiculous. I can't even listen to you right now. Whatever, man. We'll see. I think the. Uh, I think I mean, it's a great trade. If they do meet. If they end up meeting in the AFC Championship, that'll be that'll be one of the uh, the storylines there. One of the major storylines. That'll James be the storyline. So what was it? The uh, Instagram post. What did it, what did it say about him and Brady? Oh, he took a picture and he said, "Finally, I'm playing with somebody older than me." <laughs> Obviously, when he was a rookie, he played people older than him. But you know, he got as out. of late. As of late, he. Uh, Tom Brady's forty years old, and get, probably gonna be the MVP if Todd Gurley would just calm down. Todd <laughs> Gurley. Uh, Dude had 49 and a half fantasy points this past week. I'm just glad I didn't. we didn't do a radio show last year when I was saying he was a bust. 
is killing it. Oh, he is, Absolutely man. killing it. Well, uh, other things in the NFL, before we switch gears to college football, uh, in the NFL this weekend, uh, it's week 16, last week of the uh, regular season, big game here is the Falcons playing the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Falcons win, and they're in. Um, if they lose, they they basically relying on the Seahawks to lose to Arizona. So that's a big game for them. Uh, I will be at this game, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, unless uh, ticket prices skyrocket, in which case I'll sell out. You make some money. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny's a who you going for? Panthers or Falcons? So here's the thing. I actually I, I just bought a Panthers shirt. I was like, I'm gonna go, you know, Cam Newton fan, but. The they're Panthers already going to make. They're the already going to be in. Yeah. So I would. I am pulling for. I'm going to wear my Panthers shirt probably, but I'm going to be kind of pulling for the Falcons. If yeah. I, can I do that? Absolutely. That's what I would be. Doing. I'd like to see them both in. Because you're not a die-hard Panthers fan. No, not at all. I'm not. I mean, I'm more of a Panthers fan than a Falcons fan. If they meet in the playoffs, Panthers to win. Yes. But you want the Falcons for the sake of our brother-in-law Richard, shout out, <laughs> and for the sake of just better football. Yeah. I mean, I, and you don't like the Seahawks. Well, they. Probably. No, I don't like the Seahawks and the Falcons. They, I mean, they had the Super Bowl in their hands last year. Yeah, tell Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Twelve. What are the other playoff implications in the, in the AFC? I'll I, tell you one thing though: the NFL, uh, the old commish, old player safety guy, pushed all these games back to four twenty-five so he could uh, catch the main audiences. All the playoff implication games pushed back to four twenty-five so that some of the teams could not uh, bench their starters. And knowing they had already locked up a certain seed. Yeah, he's, and so now every game's going to be all the important games got pushed back to four twenty-five. Well, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, he stole that right out of the uh, like the World Cup. Any of the any of the meaningful games they play at the same time, so that you know, because some of these countries are bitter rivals and they don't want to see if if they lose a game, it could keep another team out. And they don't want that happening, so they play at the same time. They want the competition level to be the same. I think it's very smart. But the um, as far as playoff scenarios. In the NFC, really, it's just the Falcons and, and the Seahawks who are, are in or out, potentially. And then there's some seeding. The Panthers could potentially get a home, home field uh, bye um, in the first round or not. I apologize. Doing a JGS. On the AFC side, you got the Titans. They, they could potentially get in. Um, then there's some seeding things at the top. The Ravens. They they may get in, and the Chargers. Those are the three teams. Oh, and the Bills actually have a chance. A lot's got to go right for the Bills, though. Yeah, they they got to have a lot go right for sure. So, uh, yeah, the big ones, the, the Falcons <clears throat> and the Panthers here. And we'll talk more about the NFL and kind of the season as it's wrapped up as the college football season comes to an end here on Uncovered Sports Radio. I mean, yeah, you have a lot of teams. Uh, I mean, for instance, the Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, they're, they win the division this year. Um, Heck so, of a turnaround. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot. Of, there's a there's some shakeup in the playoffs. They so. lead uh, they lead the NFL in sacks. Pretty remarkable. They had some really good draft picks though. Jimmy Garoppolo, Saxonville. Saxonville, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't lost a start yet. He's uh, what is he four and zero with the 49ers and two and zero with the Patriots. Six and zero as an NFL starter. That's pretty remarkable. How about that? How about that? And I mean, he's taking 49ers who are trash and just put 40 up on Jacksonville. Saxonville. Wonder what Ruben thinks of him. Probably likes him. <laughs> Probably likes winning. Probably likes winning. So uh, we'll, yeah, we'll especially catch... being from Alabama. But one thing I wanted to say before we talk, uh, stop talking about the NFL was uh, they were talking about on uh, NBA Today, Rachel Nichols and uh, I forgot the other guy's name, uh, Jalen. On what? Uh, NBA Today. 
Or in, in, NBA. <laughs> NFL. NBA. NBA. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, Jalen something. <clears throat> Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. He was talking about the popularity of NBA stars versus NFL stars, and he made a point that you know I make all the time. The most popular NFL guy is leaps and bounds less popular than the most popular NBA guy. Uh, social media endorsements and worldwide a, because I mean basketball is a worldwide sport. American football is not. That and it's just even in America, it's more popular. Just the the athletes they are in general because they're so going outside and getting a bucket is way more relatable than being like a defensive tackle. You know what I mean? Anybody can go outside and shoot a three pointer and be like, oh, I mean, how many times when you throw a football do you say like Brady, Warner, Manning? But every time you shoot a shot, you're like Kobe or Jordan. And it's yeah. just like, it's way more relatable. And those NBA stars, you can see their faces and you can try to emulate them and you can kind of see them through yourselves. And it's shown as their popularity is... But know, if you did tackle someone, you would yell. Ray Lewis, maybe. Keekly. Yeah, Keekly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you get a concussion. I mean, I would argue in America alone, though, like Tom Brady is as big a star as LeBron. In America. No. He's as big a star. Not sure. He's, he's You're not, probably right. LeBron's bigger, but it, it's it's close. But I think when you talk worldwide, LeBron's way bigger. And then when you get into like the second and third biggest stars in the NBA, I mean, okay, like a KD, a Steph Curry, where is the next? Who's the second best? Aaron Rodgers in the NFL? You, you start to yeah, taper and then, like, off. Social I mean. media followers, too. Like I was looking at it today. This is what Jalen Rose was harping on. He's like, LeBron James got 37 million followers. Tom Brady's got like <clears> 2, 3 million. You want to know the craziest Aaron Rodgers got 729,000. You know, like Carmelo Anthony. But what does Cam Newton have? I mean, I think that's... Cam Newton's, like, Cam Newton's probably the most popular player in the NFL. Yeah. I think he's got close to 10 million followers. Oh, really? Three times less than Well, that's than what I'm saying. It's a worldwide thing. What, the craziest thing about this is when you look at a LeBron and compare him to a Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. 109 million. Messi. 109 million Oh, it's followers. nuts, dude. Yeah. LeBron doesn't go to China and fill up an 80,000-person stadium. No. Cristiano Ronaldo does that just by going to speak. Yeah. Not even play a game. It's just an interesting topic because uh, in America we're sports enthusiasts <clears throat> for all sports. Yeah. I mean, look at Uncovered Sports Radio. I mean, we don't ever miss anything. No. All inclusive. Catch it all. We don't talk much about hockey. <laughs> Winter Olympics coming up, though. Winter so. Olympics coming up. <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about the bowl games, and then we're going to end the show off with the Final Four predictions and some New York Six predictions coming up. All right, back at the music. Just can't get enough of it. Um, so, Christmas is over, though, so we're going to have to quit playing that. Nope, going throughout the whole show. All right, bowl games. So, today is Wednesday, and tonight, the the big game, you got Texas-Missouri. Florida State played er- earlier. They whooped up on Southern Miss. Tomorrow, we got Virginia Tech-Oklahoma State. Not very interested in that. <clears throat> no. But the one later tomorrow night is Washington State-Michigan State. I am interested in that because Mich- Michigan State got snubbed. They should have been in a New Year's Six, but they took Michigan, who had four losses versus Michigan State's three. And Michigan State really didn't do well at the start of the season. Turned it around. They had a great end of the season. Well, yeah, they had an abysmal last year, and I think that an abysmal, Jim Har- yeah. An abysmal. You like that? Great word. Jim Harbaugh is just such a bigger fan attraction. But nonetheless, Michigan State – 
against Washington State. To me, is interesting. Mike D'Antoni is still the Michigan State head coach, right? D'Antonio. D'Antonio. Is it D'Antoni? I don't know. I don't know. He is fun to say though. Francisco. Francisco. So then we got uh, also tomorrow Stanford TCU. Mm, Uninterested. Yeah. Uninterested. Um, Friday, the big one, USC Ohio State. This to is, me, this is the third best game of bowl season. Third best game, easily. Right. I I mean it's the yeah it's the third best because you uh, have two perennial powerhouses. I mean Southern California versus Ohio State, totally different. You know recruiting, just uh, recruiting styles. You know, you got the athletic quarterback going to Ohio State. You got the ideal, you know, sunshine, long hair, uh, pretty boy quarterback for USC. And then you have all these athletes surrounding them with two different types of uh, offensive coordinators. You got a pro-style offense at USC, and you got kind of a – you have a a pro-athletic style at Ohio State where you're going to see the quarterback running a lot, making a lot of of read options. A really intriguing matchup – that okay. I'm pumped to watch because Ohio State is a really good football team, and I think they're one of the top five. One of the top, definitely top five. They're definitely the fifth best. And then USC people say they're overranked. So this is an opportunity for USC to come out and show what they're all about. Well, you got two veteran quarterbacks, JT Barron and Sam Darnold, too. A lot of draft considerations. Yeah, here. you see Josh Rosen. They be saying he may not come out because he doesn't want to get drafted by the Browns. I don't blame him. <laughs> well, anyways, back to the game. They got Ohio <laughs> State favored by they're, they're almost 80% favored. Yeah. According to the power index, ESPN. The spread's only 7.5, though. Ohio State's way, right? Yeah. Well, it, the weird thing about this is that is a that is a prototypical Rose Bowl-Pasadena matchup. Big yep. 10, Pac-12, they're playing this in AT&T Stadium in Dallas. It'll be sold out. Because the dogs are out in Pasadena. You're dang right about that, boy. <laughs> it's just a really weird dynamic where they're playing in Dallas. You would think that Georgia-Oklahoma would be in Dallas. <laughs> it's uh, going to be a well of a game, though. Who are you predicting? I'm going Ohio State. I mean, how can't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I do think USC has benefited from all the late losses. I mean, the, number eight. I don't think they're the eighth best team in the nation. Okay. So what about Saturday, uh, Washington versus Penn State? This is another really good game, and this is another really good opportunity for Washington to showcase their talent, and it's, it's huge for recruiting, and it's going to be an opportunity for them to finish as a top seven or eight team. For, yeah, I, for, I mean. for Yeah, for Washington. <clears throat> Washington was Because Penn team. State's really good. What was Washington? They had they have two. They must have had two losses, right, at the end of the year. I don't know. We got to do better uh, preparation for our show for um, us not to know this. They definitely had uh, at least two losses. Yeah, I want to make sure because I I felt like Washington. Hey, they're ten and two. Yeah. Both of these teams are ten and two. You got number eleven versus number nine. Uh, Huskies versus the Lions. Uh, two right. same style. Uh, Offenses, you're going to have a really good ground game. One's got a little bit better of a quarterback than the other one. Well, shoot, I mean, they both, Todd McSorley, Penn State, and then you got uh, the the quarterback of Washington. He was last year, they were saying he was going to be a top draft pick. Yeah, he's, he's kind of slowed down. Like falling a off. But Penn State's got a way better run But you game. see the matchup predictor here by ESPN, 46 Wash, 53% PSU, Penn State. And then you got the uh, 
you got the spread at uh, two for the Nittany Lions. So this could very well be the best game of bowl season. Outside of the playoffs? No, right. I, I just mean closest game. Right. So I'm going to do – I have three games that I think are going to be closest of this bowl season. I'm going to go Washington versus Penn State. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a really close one. I think the Clemson-Alabama game is mm-hmm. going to be a really close one. And then I also think that the LSU Notre Dame the LSU Notre Dame game is going to be really really close. So those are my three games that I think we're going to look back on and be like best games of the bowl season. Well, I think there's a lot of intriguing matchups. I think they did a good job this year with their matchups. And there's a lot of like uh, a lot of questions can be answered by the end of this bowl season. And that's the big thing with Washington and Penn State because Washington was a team that their losses were close. And they were in the playoffs, and they had a respectable loss somewhat against Alabama. But Penn State was a team that's gotten snubbed two years in a row, sort of. Mm-hmm. Last year, they beat Ohio State, and they get left out because they had two losses. It makes sense, understandable, but they were a good team last year. Very good, and they're a good this team this year, year. Yeah, this year they barely lose to Ohio State. And, you know, they have two losses, and they get no talk of making the playoffs. With that Ohio with, State they, had a ton, they had two losses. If Penn State has one loss oh, yeah. and goes... And wins the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They're they're in ahead of Bama because of a win over Ohio State. I mean, perhaps right, maybe. But I, this game is definitely going to be revealing because Washington has a you know Jake Brown in the quarterback. He's and uh, Pettis, the receiver there. He's going to be a first rounder this year in the NFL draft. He's he's insane, and so they're going to be an air raid offense at Penn State. We'll see if they can get their run game going with Saquon. Uh, it'll also be interesting. Saquon, he's he's probably going to go into the draft. Wonder how hard he'll play, how into it he'll be. So yeah, that that one. Is I, I think once you get to this level of New Year's Six bowls, I think the players want to play because there's a lot on the line. This game is the, it's the Fiesta Bowl. So is that the one in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, that's in Arizona. It's at a uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, so I believe. Fairly neutral, maybe a West Coast favorite, and then also on Saturday. The late night game on Saturday is Wisconsin against Miami, number six versus eleven. Um, I think I think Wisconsin wins. This is a neat matchup because they're totally different teams, right? Totally, different. totally different teams. Mark Rick needs this win. Mark Rick, you're right. I mean, because he got embarrassed. I mean, he lost the last two games of the year. He got beyond embarrassed by Clemson. Right. I mean, come on, you had a chance. They didn't belong. Yeah, if Miami wins, they go to the playoffs, and they did not belong on the field with them. They got handed, handled would be a better word for our listeners out there. So you got Wisconsin in this? Yeah, I got Wisconsin by more than 14, 15. Yeah, I think Wisconsin's got this. I wanted to see what the – holy smokes, this is way closer than I expected. Wisconsin's favored 55%, but I was surprised. The spread, four and a half. Wow. Surprised by that, but I think Wisconsin handles them. So that's the Saturday wrap-up. And then on uh, no games on Sunday because you got a big NFL slate. And then going into Monday, you got the, uh, the, the New Year's Day. Yep, New Year's games. So they the New Year's 6, right? Why are they called the New Year's? So two of them are on Saturday. But then on, on Monday, you got Michigan, South Carolina. It's kind of an odd matchup that South Carolina's in there. Because you had Auburn, I mean, obviously Georgia and Alabama made the playoffs. So you have four teams from the SEC. No, wait, I'm sorry. Five. 
SEC teams in the New Year's Six. Mm-hmm. The Outback Bowl is not a New Year's Six Bowl. You're right. So it's the Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. So you got four. Yeah. Four SEC teams in the New Year's Six. But on Monday, you got Michigan, South Carolina. That's not a New Year's Six Bowl to our listeners. I apologize. That's a, that's a uh, an interesting matchup though, just because of the Jadavion Clowney hits probably gonna be probably gonna be shown a million times. Yeah, because that I mean that was the most talked about hit <laughs> in the past five ten years of college football. Well, that's still his career highlight. I mean, he hasn't. He, he's a Pro Bowler this year though. I think. Oh yeah, he's he's really made a turnaround. Well, JJ Watt being out has certainly allowed him to thrive, right? Well, you would think it'd be the other way around because JJ Watt's gonna draw the main attention. And then now he gets their second best, you know, chip. So, like, usually when J.J. Watt's out there, the running back's going to chip J.J. Jadavion's got just a one-on-one matchup. Now he's the best player, so it's harder for him to get to the quarterback because they're going to put more emphasis on him. Or you say J.J. Watt was always getting to the quarterback so quickly. He didn't have time. There you go. All right, and then uh, the next game, we got uh, Central Florida, Auburn. Eh, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to watch Auburn play. It's going to be a close game. Let's check out the matchup predictor on that. Uh, I got a, for some reason this is giving me giving you some fits. Yes, Google give me problems. The the I was reading up about the game and the, the interesting thing to me was UCF. They have an All American linebacker with only one arm. Well, he has a fully functioning arm, and the other arm. Oh, let me help you out, Petey. The other arm, he's he's missing his hand. It was a birth defect, and but this guy stud stud at Central Florida, all American, playing with an arm and a half, basically, getting it done. How do you even? I that's incredible to me. That's some perseverance. Yeah, I mean, he from what it sounds like, he's got a chance to be drafted. I mean, if you're an all American, chances are right, pretty good. Dang right. So Auburn's favored seventy two percent in this game. The spread is a nine and a half. Auburn's away. I think it's going to be a closer game than people are going to anticipate. I Holy think. smokes! The over under sixty seven. That's pretty high. Yeah. Thirty four points. Peace. I I think it's going to be a very close game because the UCF Knights, Central Florida, they're freaking twelve and zero. Auburn's ten and three. Auburn's obviously the better team on paper. But I think uh, Scott Frost, he's apparently coaching in this. Kind of his last send out. He's going to give it his all. His players are going to give it his all. Give it their all for him. And then you got Auburn thinking like the rest of us, like, I'm about to get drafted. I don't want to get hurt. Uh, it's I mean, this game don't mean nothing. The only thing about it is I, I see all your points, and it is kind of a scary game. As but I do thing. see Auburn's quarterback stepping up. Well, that's the and thing. And really wanting to be there and play because he's still got a lot to prove. Well, Central Florida is allowing 260 yards passing a game. Jarrett Stidham, I think they're going to tear him up with that. And also, it's played in Atlanta. But what's his name don't play? Petway won't, but Johnson's in. I bet he don't play that much. I mean, not if they get an early lead. Um, I mean, he's worried about getting injured, man. I think they'll be airing it out, to your point. I think they'll be airing it out a lot. But uh, I think that's how they beat him with the passing game. I mean, they're, the Central Florida defense is decent. They're good for their conference, but uh, they haven't had to play any teams like Auburn, so I think Auburn wins that one handily. But still a pretty neat matchup. Really cool that Central Florida gets in the game, but Auburn's going to have a big home field advantage. All right, so then uh, the next game on the Monday is going to be Notre Dame-LSU. Now this is, to me, it's a Citrus Bowl. I think that's an incredible Very matchup. good matchup. A lot's going to be able to be said about 
that game as far as uh, SEC, and then you got the kind of like the obviously Notre Dame's an independent, but they're across the country. Or the Coots is good. I think Notre Dame beats LSU. You and, do, yeah. I think Notre Dame's got a better quarterback. LSU's always had quarterback problems. LSU's had uh, been noted to drop some games this year. Uh, the matchup predictor is sixty percent. Wow. Notre Dame, and you got forty. Uh, LSU, and I, I think Notre Dame is just a better team, a better coach. Can't even understand him. I don't think his players. You think who has a better coach? Notre Dame. Yeah, the the Vegas has it as a pick'em game, so uh, even essentially. Um, on this game here, though, LSU played really well after losing to Troy. I mean, they they come back and beat Auburn, and I think they they win. They won every game after that. Right, I mean they. Well, I can't remember if the Alabama game was after that. They obviously lost to Alabama, but they uh, they had a good year outside of that loss. And Notre Dame's defense, they Notre Dame had a good year line, too. Well, their offensive line was getting way hyped, but they allowed. I mean, they allowed almost four hundred yards a game, total yards. LSU's only allowing three hundred, so obviously LSU's got a pretty stagnant offense. But uh, if you can move the ball on, on Notre Dame at all, um, then I think LSU can pull this out. And, I mean, Notre Dame, they were high in the rankings at one point, but they got, tore, they got torn up by Miami. They did. And Miami's shown not to be that good. Um, the turnover chain, though, is still the coolest thing about the college football season. Don't forget about that. We'll see if it makes a comeback. Yeah. All right, coming up after the song. Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, and then we'll wrap up the show. Stay tuned. All right, talking about the Georgia-Oklahoma game, because that is the 5 o'clock game on New Year's Day, Monday the 1st. In the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, the Georgia Bulldogs landed and. California at Los Angeles last night. They went to Disney World today. Been seeing all of my buddies' Snapchats. They're riding roller coasters with some youngins. They're going through the park. They're causing a ruckus. Hopefully they're ready to play. (laughs) Right now they're having some fun, and I haven't seen much of Baker Mayfield having fun. So we'll see. But And then, obviously, the some would say the – Best game of the college football season, Alabama versus Clemson in the rubber match, even though it's not the national championship, at 845 on uh, New Year's Day. Um, Georgia versus Oklahoma, what stands out to you in this game? Um, Georgia-Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Well, Georgia rode <clears throat> a 747 out to Pasadena, which is pretty cool because they the plane is uh, no longer fly. It's not flying for regular customers. So it's pretty cool that Georgia got to ride this Retired plane that no one else is ever going to get to fly on. Yeah, so Johnny, Johnny works at Delta. And whenever I asked him what stood out to him, I meant from an X's and O's standpoint. <laughs> but, of course, he wants to take this route. And No, and, but hold on. There's more to it. This plane, specific plane, flew the last two national champions. So that's a good omen for Georgia. Yeah, knock on wood. That's, that's like the best indicator that they're going to win. So, I'll, since you're not going to answer the question, I'll go ahead and talk. Um, you got the obvious. Oklahoma's got a good offense. Georgia's got a good defense. 
can George defense stop Baker Mayfield? Slash, can Georgia's run game make a mark to where that Jake Fromm doesn't have too much pressure on him? I saw an interview with Baker Mayfield. He seems really confident. He seems very respectful of what Jake Fromm can do. And, I mean, he just kind of oozes with confidence. Like, he's not too worried about it. But he's definitely not taking this game for granted. He's got a lot to prove, and that scares me. I think people are much, mostly expecting Georgia to win this game. I, I do not believe that it's going to be as easy as some might say. People think if Georgia just runs, they're going to win the game. So the matchup predictor is 53% UGA, 46% Oklahoma, and the spread is is a, a point and a half for Georgia. So a very close game by Vegas. And, and I, I agree with them. I, I think Georgia is going to win by less than seven points. I think their kicker is going to have a, a big factor in this game. And I think the run game in the first half is going to get uh, kind of shut down, so to, so to speak. Hold on. Who's running? Georgia's. I think game. Georgia's run game is going to... Oklahoma's going to shut it down. Let me finish. Okay. In the first half, I think they're going to be under 100 yards rushing. I think when they get DeAndre Swift... And then they get Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle outside of the tackles. I think that's when their run game is going to blossom. And I think they take control of the game in the second half. I think Swift, Michelle, and Chubb are going to carry this team to a victory in the second half. And I think they do it outside of the tackles. I think that Oklahoma's linebackers are not athletic enough. They're not fast enough to deal with these guys. I do not think Jake Fromm will be throwing the ball too great. I mean, they got a month to prepare for him. So I think I think this is going to be a great matchup, and I, I do not. I mean, Georgia's defense is pretty porous when it comes to great passers and stud athletes. And I mean, we're playing the Heisman Trophy winner here. Baker Mayfield's going to get his plays in. So the Sooners are averaging almost 600 yards a game mm-hmm. total yards, 370 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. On the flip side, Georgia, they're averaging 260 yards rushing. That's their strength. Only 170 passing. When you look at so, I mean, that, that favors Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. The better quarterback, they got some stout receivers. Running game is, is good enough. Uh, on the defensive side is where you see an even more stark difference. Yeah. Um, Georgia is only allowing 270 yards a game. Oklahoma's allowing 385 yards a game. ton of passing yards allowed and a decent amount of rushing yards allowed. Georgia, they're, they're stuffing their run game. I mean, they've, they've stuffed everyone they've played except for Auburn the first time they played around. And so that's the big thing Georgia has to worry about is Oklahoma has jumped out to three touchdown leads in like six of the uh, 13 games they've played this year. They jump out to early leads a lot. Yeah. And they do it fast. In the first quarter, they'll jump three touchdowns. If that happens, kind of like what Auburn did to Georgia, Georgia is going to be forced to pass. That's Jake not, not good for them. That. That's not good. Now, this is an interesting stat. When you look at Georgia's strength is the run game, right? Nick Chubb, De- Nick Chubb DeAndre Swift, and Sonny Michelle. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma has only – the only top 40 rushing team they played this year was Ohio State. And they were able to, to uh, hold Ohio State to 16 points. They beat them 31-16. But when you look at the stats, Ohio State's running backs still average seven yards per carry. That's a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I think I do think Georgia's gonna win this game. I think it's gonna be really close, and I think Oklahoma will have some big sparky plays 
like a Baker Mayfield scramble pass down the middle. Georgia's defense, like I said, is porous to this. And and when you get into big games like these, national championship-type games, playoff-type games, big plays mean a lot, and they come really fast at unexpected times. 70, 50, 60-yard plays, a kickoff return. One of those is going to happen in Oklahoma's favor. Mm-hmm. But I think Georgia, I think their wide receivers are going to come up with a few key catches their wide receivers have been known to make big catches in big games. They don't they don't have consistent games, but they win 50-50 balls. But I think once, you know, we get a couple pass plays going, I think our defense is going to start rolling. They're going to start getting that swag that they have bad on the the Wolf Pack. And I think our our defense, our outside linebackers and Roquan Smith is better than any of their offensive linemen. Uh and I and I think our running game on the outside of the tackles is going to take over and we win late in the third quarter of the game. If Georgia is able to um, keep Oklahoma from scoring two or three touchdowns in the first quarter, then Georgia can establish their run. They can they have time to do that. Then I think they can win if they do that. I mean, I gave you this stat on Ohio State. Two of the the only other two teams that Oklahoma really played that were tough were Oklahoma State and Kansas State, and they still allowed 600 yards per carry, 200 yards rushing. Yeah, I mean they can't stop the run. They got a month to prepare though. And none of those three teams, are, but none of those three teams have the run game Georgia does. No, but these games are just different. I, I agree with you. I'm telling you, I'll give you the scenario where Georgia wins. I don't think Georgia's going to win. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, that's the way they win. What The problem is that Baker Mayfield is the best player in the nation. He's the best player in the nation, and they're a lot like an Alabama team from last year. They had last year a freshman, Jalen Hurts, who, who was an adequate quarterback. He was probably he's a more versatile quarterback than Jake Fromm, and so that should tell you something. And the way they were beat by Clemson was with a great quarterback, yep. who can who can shift things up and and you know escape uh, the defensive end running them down and the linebacker. And so that's if Baker Mayfield do, does that, which I think he will enough times, then I think they'll be able to win. And that's just a problem. I mean, honestly, when you look at it, Georgia's got the better stats as an all-around team. They're probably a better coach team. But Baker Mayfield is an X factor that Georgia hasn't hasn't really seen this year. I mean, the, again, the closest thing they saw to it was Auburn. Jarrett Stidham is is not even close to a Baker Mayfield. No, they they did face uh, Missouri's quarterback who gave him some troubles, and he's one of the better ones. Yeah, he's uh, got arm strength, but he's nothing like Baker Mayfield. Defense wins championships, and you tell me Georgia gets on the field and you know has a five, six, seven minute drive that defense is over their rest and getting cranked up, they're going to have a really solid game plan to contain Baker Mayfield, not stop him, to limit him. If if they can – and that first quarter is crucial. If Oklahoma is able to score two touchdowns is my, my thinking on it. If they can score two touchdowns in that first quarter or get to a two-touchdown lead going into half, then they got the game in the bag because I don't think from – and we've been saying it all year long, his best performance was in the SEC championship where he threw 27 passes – but Auburn, that that was a, you know, they got ahead, and that was a really that was his best game of the year. Oklahoma what? gets ahead, they they, they Georgia, walk away. Yeah. So I I see this game as a Georgia, uh, twenty eight, Oklahoma, twenty one to twenty two. Well, Oklahoma's been averaging forty five points a game. You don't see, uh, super high scoring games like this typically, in. In playoff games, I don't know, man. You, I mean, you, you did, look at Clemson, you did. This is the Clemson Alabama game last past year. Past two years have been, but that that's different because you're talking about two of the. I mean, you're talking about the greatest quarterback 
that's the college football scene and since Cam Newton. And then you're talking about Alabama. So I, I don't think this game is going to have that. And you got to think, the national championship game, they only had a week to prepare for their offenses. These two teams have a month. If there's anything that favors longevity and planning and preparation into games, it's defense. You typically see these first-round games low-scoring, and, and usually they're under 30 points. I can get beside that because you have a good point. Where Alabama and Clemson the past two years, they really only had a week to prepare for each other because they played in the championship. Um, so but let's I, go to that. What's your prediction for the Georgia-Oklahoma game? I got Oklahoma. I mean, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Georgia. I do like Baker Mayfield, but I just think uh, – Give me your score. I say Georgia 24, Oklahoma uh, 34. 24-34. Georgia 24, Oklahoma 31. 31. And I got – I got you – I got UGA at 28, and then I got Oklahoma at 22. 22 is an odd score. They go for two to get it. Oh, nice. That's bold, man. They go for two. That's like when you predicted Draymond Green to get hurt in the third game of the finals. Pretty specific. UGA 29, Oklahoma 22. Um, Kind of a weird score, I know, but it's going to happen one of these days. (laughs) 29, 22. (laughs) You can't even... Hey, you uh, can. You can get a safety. If you oh, I know you could, but it's just really odd. 21, and then they go for two on the next one. I like where your head's at, though, because you're kind of playing the line there a little bit. Absolutely. All right. Uh, um, so let's go to the Alabama-Clemson game. What stands out to you in this game? To me, I see Clemson with a really good defensive line, great defensive line. I see Clemson with really athletic wide receivers, and I see them with an experienced, young quarterback. And then I see Alabama uh, just – Tenacious defense, uh, very skilled offensive line slash defense line, very well coached, and then a an excellent quarterback in big time situations and in crunch time, and then they have the X factor in this game in Calvin Ridley. I think Alabama wins this game. Is it even close? Like not the points, but like isn't in your mind? Are you even having trouble picking Bama? Yes, you are. Yes. If it's anything, Clemson's shown that their recruiting classes and their recruiting streamline is second to only the Crimson Tide. Maybe surpassing it, as it is this year. Clemson gets the best recruits in the country. Well, the, except for Alabama. Well, I mean, they're better in Alabama. <laughs> not, I mean, not the, not the past four years, which is what their class is built of. But I'm saying like they're, they're it's, it's right up there. It's, oh, it's, I agree. It's up there I mean, with the best. When you talk about top ten, you're... You no, you're talking about the top three. Yeah, I know. And you're talking about the top one this year. It's the Georgia Bulldogs, yeah. best recruiting class in the country. Yeah. So you asked me, what do I take away? So Alabama's coach Nick Saban of anyone who Nick Saban who's that <laughs> of anyone out of everyone in the state of Alabama, he had the seventh most write-ins in the Senate race a few weeks back. Really? Yeah. How about that, man? How about that? And what if he would have got? What if he would have won? He probably wouldn't have done it. Are you forced? Can you de- decline it? You just say no. I don't want to be the senator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Then everybody would just go right in Obama. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. All right. Um, when I look at the stats, Alabama they have a higher points per game average. 
They they average more yards per game. They average less yards per game on the defensive side. I mean, and they're in a tougher conference. How do you favor Clemson in a game? Uh, I mean, it, it's shocking, but Clemson, you cannot doubt their recruiting. And their defensive line, their defensive line is better than Alabama's this year. Not their linebackers, not their secondary, but their defensive line and their outside linebackers are going to be higher draft picks than Alabama's this year. And then Clemson's got, I mean, they just, they have it going on. Like, Dabo's got a good team. I I'm don't, I completely, and the stats How, aren't that far apart. I'm just saying, Bama beats them in every single metric except for total <clears throat> passing yards, average passing yards. I mean, they, every defensive stat, every offensive stat, but for some, game, yeah, I, allowed. Bama's got Alabama them. is a, Alabama's favored by three. The fourth-ranked team's favored against the number-one-ranked team. And everybody knew that going in. I, I, I think Jalen Hurts, he's got 15 touchdowns, one interception on the year. That's, I mean, that's through the roof. Are you kidding me? And then you got Kelly Bryant. 2,700 yards. That's a 1,000 more than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but how many pass attempts? 362 to 222? So he threw how much? 140 more passes? And then barely got 500, 600, 700 more yards? And he threw six picks. Yeah, so Jalen Hurts is a, is a better quarterback. I, I think Jalen Hurts is one of the top. Kelly Bryant's asked to do more, but uh, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. I mean, Jalen Hurts at the end of that Mississippi State game showcased. I mean, I could watch him play quarterback all day long. He, to me, he's top ten quarterbacks in the NCAA. I think you can make an argument he's top ten. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he'll come out and he'll be a second, third round draft pick. No, he won't. Second or third, mm-hmm. bro. He's not coming out for another year. No, he, I'm telling. You, I don't believe he will. Not as a quarterback. I think he will. Um, I think he's a really good passer. He's not a running quarterback. He's a passing first quarterback. So I got Bama here. I right. do too. <clears throat> but if Clemson beats Bama and then beats Georgia, they're the best. They're the they will join Alabama as the Auburn as the only team that beat those team this year. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think you'll have to put them in the. That's a really good stat. You'll have to put them in consideration as uh, most dominant team in college football for the past four years, as you did Bama four years ago. All right, so we both take Bama in this game. I'm taking Oklahoma. You take Georgia for the national championship. We got a couple different scenarios, but uh, I mean, what do you think is going to happen there? You think it's going to be Bama Georgia and all SEC matchup? I think it's going to be Oklahoma Bama, which I think bodes well for Bama. Uh, I think it's going to be yeah Georgia Alabama obviously. I know, but who would who's going to win that game? Dogs, no doubt. The dogs, no doubt about that. Well, let me tell you, right now there's only four active coaches who have won a Natty. Mm-hmm. I can name them: Jimbo uh, Fisher, Dabo Sweeney. Urban Meyer and Nick Saban. That's right. So you got to stick with that, right? Nick Saban wins it all. I mean, if Bama wins that game, I think the winner of the Sugar Bowl, Alabama-Clemson, they win it all. Now, when we talk about four active coaches who have won a national championship, just 12 years ago, in 2006, there were 14 coaches who have won a national championship. That's how much, I mean, people... So much the fan base is demand. Well, that and like I think it, I think it speaks more to it when it looks like there's parity. 
There's not. There's not. I mean, there there may be interesting matchups and intri- intrigue, but year in and year out, those powerhouses are there. Coaches, coaches win college football games. Yeah, I guess it says that even more because Urban Meyer, he won two at Florida. Now he's won in a, won one Ohio State, been dominant with him. And coaching I mean, has a lot to do with recruiting. I mean, also you got to add in the fact Les Miles, he got let go. I mean, he's not coaching right now, but he could be. Mm-hmm. Bob Stoops just retired young. He had one. I mean, there are some variables like that. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, you can't. That was a good, good episode today. You think so? Yeah. Let us know what you think. Hold on. No, we're yeah, done. We gave our predictions, didn't we? Yep. Alabama. Who wins it all? You said Bama wins it all? No, Georgia. All right. So let's give our uh, score predictions for Alabama-Clemson. I say Alabama 35, and I say Clemson 27. So in 2016, the score was 45. Hold on, write it down. Alabama 35, Clemson mm-hmm. 27. In 2016, when they what played, you, Bama won 45-40. Last year, Clemson won 35-31. What are you choosing? I think that it leans more towards the, the second year. Bama wins 31-27. Copycat. All right. That's episode 15 of Uncovered Sports Radio. Catch us next week. Hope you guys have a good, safe, happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Tell all your friends about us. We're trying to do big things in 2018. Catch us on your local radio show. Uncover Sports Radio. <laughs> Johnny said the song reminds him of Dwight Schrute. Let us know what you think. <laughs>